Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. I must admit, I can't explain any thoughts freezing through my brain, it's true. Baby, I'm howling for you. Ta-da! Wow, feels good to sing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? You are watching Slash, listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Shimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Quiet. It feels good, but I don't know if it sounds good. Actually, I do know. It didn't sound that great, but well, that's okay. According to the comments, it's either great or the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe it's a coin flip. <laughs> it averages out to pretty good. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, okay, in this drop, Midnight Hunt, we are back on that set review grind. Today, we're going to evaluate all the new legendary creatures that can be your commander, but this time, they are monocolored, so only one color in their casting cost. Yeah, um, Jimmy, did you notice anything? that We're going to talk about eight cards today, because we are going to discuss the two monocolor commanders there's right. one each in the commander precon decks did you notice anything about the eight monocolor commanders they're they're fun they're okay they're all monocolor there's one color that does not oh, have that's right. a monocolor there's four <laughs> black there's ones four, yeah there's tons of black i mean it's in a strat, so i guess that kind of makes sense yeah. yeah there's not a single mono red commander yeah uh, it's almost like they're just firing shots at you. Maybe we're waiting for Crimson Vow because blood is red and so is the rage. Oh, there you go. The There's going to be more red ones in <laughs> Crimson Vow to make up for if it. If there isn't, I will complain. <laughs> um, and I don't complain too often. Uh, <laughs> magic players never complain. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. All right. Well, before we get into all the analysis of the monocolored legendary creatures, we have an exciting announcement if you didn't hear already. We have a brand new sponsor. Woohoo! Oh, Why? Why? Whoa, is Craig? Okay, what is wrong with Craig? Apparently he's looking for some like really rare card. I've called the store. I've scoured through all of my friends' trade binders. All I could find was this borderless pre-release promo foil. Well, that's pretty good. No, I was looking for the Altar borderless pre-release promo foil. But the only thing foiled now is my plan for the perfect deck. If only every local game store was in one place. Some glorious temple to MTG selection perfection. Oh, you should just check out Channel Fireball Marketplace. Channel Fireball Marketplace? Is that new? <gasps> I can't believe it. They have every card imaginable. Is this a dream? Uh, no, Craig, it's a website. There's no better place than the new Channel Fireball Marketplace to find absolutely any magic card you could want. It's a single online location that connects you to hundreds of real game stores, making it easy to compare prices and ensure you're getting the best deal out there. Plus, Channel Fireball Marketplace vets every vendor, so you know you're supporting local game stores by buying from professional licensed businesses with reliable professional service, instead of getting bent envelopes from some stranger out of a basement. Starting on October 1st, if you're looking to buy magic cards, check out Channel Fireball Marketplace. Go to channelfireball.com 
command or enter code command at checkout to let them know we sent you. Support the channel and save money on the cards you need at channelfirewall.com slash command. That's right, channelfireball.com slash command, sponsoring all of our content mm-hmm. uh, from here on out. We're really excited to have them as a partner. Uh, we've we've been fans of Channel Fireball for a long, long time, and they've got this exciting new marketplace that they're launching on October 1st. Yeah. Uh, basically, look, if you want to get cards and you want to make sure you're doing so safely, but also getting any card that you want, the way to do it is through the marketplace because you're going to have a lot of vendors and a lot of selection and also competitive pricing, which is really important for Magic players. Yeah, when you have so many vendors, they kind of like have to compete with each other, so it drives the prices down. Also, what I like that Channel Fireball is doing is they are vetting their vendors. Right. So you have to have like a business license to even be a vendor on Channel Fireball's marketplace. It's not like just anybody can create a shop, which means that you're dealing with professionals and you can expect a professional level of service. I really like that when I'm buying Magic cards. I want to know that they're going to be shipped properly, yep. arrive in good condition, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and if something goes wrong, that it's not just, oh, too bad, but they're going to work for a solution. And of course, Channel Fireball has been in the card selling marketplace for quite a while now. So obviously, they know what they're doing there. Yeah, and also, uh, we didn't talk about a lot in that spot that we just ran, but they are doing a bunch of giveaways. They're Ooh. calling it Marketplace Madness to celebrate the launch of this service on October 1st. So, uh, If you are thinking about buying Magic cards and it's not urgent, like you don't care if you have to wait a week or two until you order, I would suggest waiting until October 1st when the Marketplace launches because that gives you a chance to win a bunch of cool stuff. In fact, Jimmy and I literally just couple of minutes before we recorded this, we're signing foil promo soul rings that Ooh, they're going to give away yeah, from as Magic part Fest. of, yeah. So they're going to give these away as part of the Marketplace Madness things. Uh, and there's a whole bunch. There's like Time Spiral Remastered boxes. Wow. And crazy stuff by the end of it. There's a Black Lotus on here. So oh, as, as a, a, a thing giveaway. you could win. So yeah. I, I would say, if you can do it, you know, I would suggest waiting and ordering your Magic cards because as we like to say, you're going to order the Magic cards anyway. Yep. If you just wait until the launch of the uh, marketplace to do it, you have a chance to win a bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah, including stuff signed by us and much, much other cool stuff. So again, big thanks to Channel Fireball for sponsoring the content. All right, uh, and make sure also to support our other sponsor, Ultra Pro. You know, once if you win a Black Lotus, then I would <laughs> hazard a guess that you want to keep that thing in very good condition. And Ultra Pro product, products are the best way to protect your game pieces. Make sure they stay in that pristine condition. Not only the sleeves to put your cards in, but things like the Satin Tower deck mm-hmm. boxes, the Mythic Collection deck boxes. They're super fancy. Um, the binders, they have Mythic Collection binders as well that have the embroidery and the stitching. Yeah, I've been using those for literally all of my cards recently. So Yeah, they're so classy, fun. right? Like, yeah, yeah, they look good and they'll stand the test of time. Okay. Oh, and of course, the final way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. Every single episode, we shout out one lucky listener slash viewer slash patron. And so today, that person is Roger Porcelli. Roger. You rock. Thanks, Roger. Thanks to all the patrons out there for supporting our content. Okay. Uh, Here we go. Monocolored Commanders from Midnight Hunt. Um, Again, we are going to do the Midnight Hunt main set and the Commander pre-cons. There are two monocolored legendaries because everything's been spoiled now so we can talk about them. (laughs) Let's start with the first one. All right. So this one's mono white. It's Adeline Resplendent Cathar. One white white for a star four legendary creature human knight with vigilance. And Adeline's power is equal to the number of creatures you control. And whenever you attack for each opponent, create a 1-1 white human creature token that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. Okay, so as a commander, what do we think? Tokens. Lots and lots of tokens. And multiplayer tokens, because it says for each opponent, you create a 1-1 one, one white human creature token tapped and attacking. Yep. Uh, mono-white tokens is not a new thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so this deck kind of already exists in a lot of different commanders, so this is probably like 
fine. I mean, let, we could talk about some of the stuff. I think one of the interesting things about Adeline is that if you have instant speed token creation, you can kind of use that as a combat trick. Oh, to, to buff like, Adeline up. Buff Adeline's power out of nowhere. Right. So like call the copper coats, secure the wastes. Even raise the alarm. Even raise the <laughs> alarm. I think raise the alarm's probably fine in this deck, right? Like Yeah. You're, I mean, you're going to be running all the tribal matters decks if you're going for the human side of things. And then if you're, of course, busting out a ton of tokens, you want to double those up. And Mono White does have a single card that is like, wow, I can't believe they haven't reprinted this yet. But Anointed Procession, which says if an effect would create one or more tokens under control, creates twice that many tokens instead. Notably, they won't be attacking and, attapped, and tapped with Adeline's trigger because the, you, you get one that's tapped and attacking and one that just pops in but doesn't have that, that clause that works? to it. I think, I think it so. replaces the effect. I think they would both be tapped and attacking. Oh, really? I'm not if an effect sure. would I'm create, it creates twice the many tokens instead. You know, what, you know what? I think you're right because if and instead. Yeah, so it, it just replaces the part where only one's Look made. At us. I think they're I judging, think. judging our way oh through boy. this. Could be in trouble <laughs> doing rulings. You know I what? Mean, if we say both sides, then we can't be wrong. Either Jimmy's right or I'm right. Or well, our singing is good or watch, bad. There's a third option we're not thinking about. <laughs> yeah. no. Either it's the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Annoying Procession, Cathar's Crusade, Divine Visitation, these are the mono white staple token synergy cards. Mm. They're definitely going to go in the Adeline deck. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of lackluster about it, right? Because it yeah. just feels like... Like, Bremaz is basically this card. It costs the same amount, is a 3-4, has Vigilance, and says you create one token tapped and attacking when you attack, but it also can create one when you block. Yeah. So it kind of evens out to, like, almost the exact same thing. So it's, it, it's, it's fine. I don't think every legendary creature that's ever created has to be revolutionary and change the format but that line is just not exciting to me yeah you probably won't run this as the commander to be honest yeah it, what it, it does say whenever you attack those so adeline herself doesn't need to attack so you can attack with something else and make three one ones so let's say you have an ability that you can sacrifice them for for whatever if you're playing like a gear red deck right you can mm. want to make a bunch of tokens populating marisi you could go to everyone so you can always keep attacking every turn um i also really like uh aurelia if you're going to run or Adeline in the deck oh, because get you more get attacks. more combats. Yeah, more, more, combats, tokens. more tokens. And the cool thing is Aureli can attack, you make the tokens, and then, you know, Adeline just stays back because you don't want Adeline to die. There is a combo if you play a Falter effect, so say creatures can't block, mm-hmm. and then you have a card like Breath of Fury and a Haste Granter. So Breath of Fury is this two red red enchantment, yeah. and then when an enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player, you sack it, and then you attach it to another creature you control, and then you untap all your creatures and you do it again. So if anyone can't block, you just basically get infinite combats as long as you have, like, anger on the graveyard. So there's like a three card kind of win the thing, but I think the only good part about Adeline is the fact that she doesn't need to attack for it to trigger. That's Yeah, really I, I like what you said there. I think almost always we're going to see Adeline as a card in the 99. Building a, a full deck around her feels like, you know, there's a there's better options. Yeah. All but right. for humans, good job. Cool human. You did it. All right. Let's talk about an uncool human. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gisa, Glorious Resurrector. Two black black for a 4-4. Four, four. Human wizard, legendary, of course. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. Ooh. We're seeing that kind of text on a lot more cards. Just randomly, yes. like... And also, this card will randomly just hose graveyard decks. Yeah. That, which I think is good, because there's a lot of graveyard decks out there. Yeah. And this, incidentally, just it always just adds up over time. People yeah. are like, oh, what? Again? Oh, shoot. Okay, fine. Well, this also plays with the exile part. So it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Gisa, Glorious Resurrector, onto the battlefield under your control. What? They gain decayed. Uh, decayed means the creature can't block, and when it attacks, you sacrifice it at the end of combat. Wow. So Gisa exiles the stuff, and then you get the stuff. At the end, uh, the beginning of your upkeep. Yeah, at the beginning of your upkeep. So Gisa has to still be around, but... Mm-hmm. 
and the downside is that stuff has decayed, which I don't think is a huge downside necessarily. Uh, I wanted to say that I, I almost built this deck for game nights. I went so far as to start putting it together before oh, right. I realized that it was not going to be very good for an episode of game nights. It was going to be like a super <laughs> sloggy deck. Because as I was like, well, this card's good, this card's good. I was like, all these cards will make the game take forever. <laughs> board wipe, board wipe, board wipe. Yep. So I think for this deck, you want one-sided board wipes, right? Because Giza has to live. Right. If Giza dies, then, and it's not around on your upkeep, you won't get this stuff back. But yeah. fortunately, Black has a lot of, like, one-sided board wipes, or board wipes you can make to be one-sided. Right. So Plague Wind and In Garrick's Wake all destroy all creatures that you don't control, and Planeswalkers in Garrick's Wake's case. Yep. But also that stuff that gives negative X, negative X. Oh, like, that's right, because you can be selective with it, and Geese is a 4-4. Right, so Toxic Deluge, Black Sun's Zenith, the new mm -hmm. Meat Hook Massacre from Dude, Midnight, which is a crazy card. This very card good. is yeah. so good. I yeah. can't believe this card it exists. Turns into an, it's a board wipe that turns into a uh, Blood Artist. Yeah, board. the best Aristocrats uh, board yeah. wipe ever, right? But those you can all, um, yeah, you can make X is equal to 3, kill mm -hmm. all the little stuff, and then get that back for yourself, and Geese will live. Yeah. Um, also, like Pestilence, is another oh, one right, where right. you can choose exactly how much damage you pump into it so you can make sure that you don't kill Gisa. And you don't want all the creatures to die on the battlefield anyway, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like, in terms of getting opponent's creatures to die, they're probably going to die a lot just in combat or things will incidentally happen or let's say there's a sacrifice person out there. Yeah, oh boy, Gisa yeah. just hoses them, yeah. yeah. But speaking of sacrifice, edict effects, I think, are really good here too. So there's a whole suite. You've got Merciless Executioner, Playcrafter, Fleshbag Marauder. The that classics. All, yeah, the, the classics. Um, the first time I remember Craig played Fleshbag Marauder on me and I could not believe that card existed. This was like seven years ago. I was like, this is so unfair. Well, Voltron deck can never beat those cards. It was yeah. against my Rafik deck. Yeah, so. I was going to say, it wasn't Rafik. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can, of course, go Dictate of Erebos, Grave Pact, Butcher of Malakir. Those all sort of, every time a creature you control dies, everybody has to sack a creature. So if you yeah. play Merciless Executioner, everybody has to sack two creatures when you do that. Ooh, but yeah. I think also just the uh, instant speed edict effects for your opponents are really, really good here because you can do it on the end step before your turn. So it can look like, oh, oh cool. we're safe. He didn't manage to kill anything and Gisa's not going to bring anything back. And then uh -huh. you go, boom, Liliana's triumph. You know, each opponent sacrifices a creature. It's a two minute instant. Yeah. Soul Shatter does the same thing. Again, add instant speed, but three mana. So does Vona's Hunger. Vona's Hunger can be even better if you have oh, yeah. Blessing. Because half the creatures they own, own rounded up. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. And then I really like Sudden Edict. There's a card that's printed in Modern Horizons and it has Split Second on it. So Split Second says, as long as this spell is on the stack, players can't cast spells or act Activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. So Goblin Bombardment, it. it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Gisa still sees it regardless, yep. and you'll still get the cards. So Edict Effect's pretty important here, I think, for Gisa. Uh, so also or give her a dark steel something. And that's true. Board wipe regularly. Yeah, give her give her indestructible and board wipe like damnation or whatever would also work. This feels like classic early days of EDH, which is like <laughs> play a three mana artifact, equip it to your commander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, so the decay is a, is the way they're trying to keep this in check, which I'm not sure that really works because when you bring the creatures back, they're not like creatures you keep forever if you attack with them you have to sacrifice them mm -hmm. but there are ways to sort of undecay the creatures recay them i don't know what the <laughs> wording is but so you can remove the creature like blanket with conjurer's closet which says it's an artifact at the beginning of your end step you may exile target creature you control then return that card to the battlefield under your control mm. and so even if you don't own the card it just cares about control you blink it it comes back in and now it doesn't have decayed because it just is the regular version yeah uh, kaya's ghost form Cold storage. Oh yeah, cold storage is funny. It's like a repeatable effect. You can pay three to exile a target creature and then you sack the artifact to bring them all back under your control. Again, the difference here is between creature you own and creature you control. Yes. So if it's creature you own, then it goes back to the person that originally played it. 
Um, Marchesa of the Black Rose is the one I thought of immediately because it's my favorite deck. Yep. And it's the kind of deck that wants to literally sack the creatures and bring them back under your control. Um, and then this is a bit of a nombo with Obeka. So Obeka, I think... I think I overrated it a little bit because Abeka can tap to say the player whose turn it is may end the turn. However, with Decayed, that ability is actually on the card. So let's say you steal a creature with Decayed and then you attack with it. And at the end of combat, it says the sacrifice is trig a creature because of uh, Decayed. You can end the turn with Obeka and then you keep the creature, but it doesn't remove Decayed from it. Right. The next time you attack with it, you'll still, it will have, still to have to do it. And then you have to end your turn every single turn after combat. Doesn't seem great. Notably, yeah. keep in mind that combat step does have combat damage before the end of combat. Right, you so, you deal the damage and then combat's still going and you check for effects like this. Yeah. That's why reconnaissance works. Uh, nobody will ever really get it. Exactly <laughs> yeah, it's a the confusing one. I think in general, like the ability to keep the creatures forever, or sorry, to, to take off Decade is going to be overrated. I think Decade is actually not that big of a downside. Most of the time you're going to get the ETB effects on the creatures and then get to do whatever they do. Creatures just generally don't attack three, four, five times in a game. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's actually even probably worth it to play like Kaya's Ghost Form and things like that. I think that's just too much effort for creatures that are likely to die to a board wipe or something anyway. Yeah. So I think it's not overrated because I love stealing people's stuff. <laughs> you still steal it. It's just yeah. you're taking decayed off. It, I think it's yeah. fine if it has decayed because you could just also not swing with it, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you, totally you'll fine. just hold it on defense or swing with it once and be like, fine, I sacrifice it. Yeah. yeah. I think the stuff you're trying to get with Gisa is is like mold drifters or oracles uh, of moldai oracles yeah exactly yeah. Uh, consecrated sphinxes and all that stuff yep oh boy i want a consecrated sphinx <laughs> and someone's like oh so tribe elders like i'm happy with that right? yeah i like, know yeah, right yeah, oh, yeah. i'm super down with that oh my gosh <laughs> especially if you're in the black deck that doesn't have access to green all right next up we've got jadar ghoul caller of nephalia 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 uh one in the black for a one one legendary creature human wizard at the beginning of your end step, if you control no creatures with Decayed, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with Decayed. Okay, so every single turn, this reminds us of a lot of cards. That Everyone's of your end step. Your end step, right. Not, not every turn, but you get a 2-2 zombie if you don't have another creature with Decayed. So that creature needs to either attack the next turn or you sacrifice or do something with it. Otherwise, you're not going to trigger Jadar again. A lot of people um, comparing this to Ophiomancer, yep. which basically says... And, but Ophiomancer triggers on every player's turn. Every but it says if you don't have amazing. a snake, you get a snake. With Death Touch, too. Yeah, but o Ophiomancer is not legendary, so it can't live in your command zone. Right. Um, and this is a two CMC spell, two mm -hmm. mana value, sorry. I mean, it's a reliable sack outlet, so Eldrazi Monument, Smothering Abomination. Yep, those both require you to sacrifice creatures at the beginning of your upkeep, so having Jadar out means you're always going to have some fodder for it. Um, I like having cards like maybe Village Rites, which Village is Rites instant. Is just really good in general, yeah. Yeah, as an additional cast, the cost, the cast, cost to cast the spell, you sack a creature and draw two cards. So you could just sort of have that. Or Deadly Dispute is a new version that came out in uh, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. Really good in draft. Um, Ayara, first of Lockthwain, seems actually really good to maybe have Jadar in the deck because Ayara drains people whenever a black creature enters the battlefield under control, and then you can tap the sack a black creature to draw a card. So Jadar is just giving you a drain and a card draw every single turn that he's out on your end step. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Just feels like this is going to go into like aristocrats, zombie tribal lists, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, there's a lot of cards that basically like will create a token mm -hmm. once per turn, and that's just kind of what this does. Bitter Blossom. So I'd say like this is a like not a replacement for a Bitter Blossom type effect, but it's if you're running decks that want to make little tokens everywhere, like Endrick Sar or Rankle Master of Pranks, both seem like options. 
Jadar, though, I don't really see it as being a good commander commander. You put decayed synergies. Yeah, with question a question mark. mark. Are there decayed synergies? I guess you put Skull Clamp. That yeah. is a decayed synergy because it's a 2-2, but you do have, if you swing with it, you do have to sacrifice it. Yeah, so you do get the card draw off it and it becomes a 3-1. Yeah, we're reaching. We're reaching really hard. <laughs> if you put it on Jadar, you just kill him and you draw a card too. <laughs> oh, that's good synergy There's right there. There's also Ghoul Caller Gisa, again, if you're like doing the zombie deck because she wants to tap and sack creatures to make zombie creature tokens. Um, but I think you're trying to sack bigger things. So Decay just, I really like Decay. I think it balances out sort of what it's doing, but it doesn't really do too much for me excitement-wise when it comes to Commander. I mean, Jadar is a 2-CMC Commander. That's pretty rare among mono-black Commanders. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's worth anything. What about the uh, Trinket whatever bones? <laughs> Thief. Tiny Bones. Tiny Let's bones. not talk about Tiny trinket Bones. Trinket Bones, oh gosh. Uh, tiny bones. See, I'm trying to erase it from my memory already. Yeah. Yeah, the, see, the Decay to me, like... Would Jadar be broken if the it just made a 2-2 zombie if you didn't already have a oh. zombie? Like, just made a 2-2 zombie every upkeep. No, it it'd would still not. be fine. So I the decay fine, doesn't yeah. really matter. Uh, it's just a way to make it so that you can never make a second one. But yeah. even if it made one every... Like, just compare it to Bitter Blossom, which mm -hmm. will just cost you one life but make you a 1-1 one, one flyer every turn. Doesn't care if you you still have one from before. Yeah. Yeah. I know Bitter Blossom can't live in your command zone. But again, I think I'm just... Nah. I'm very lukewarm on Jadar again. It's going to go in the 99 of some decks. I don't think probably too many decks will be built around it. You're lukewarm. Jeez, these zombies, they're they are cold as heck. They're dead. <laughs> All right. We're, up next is another mono black commander. It's Jaren, Corrupted Bishop. Two and a black for a 2-3 legendary human cleric. Whenever Jaren enters the battlefield or another non-token human you control dies, you lose one life and create a 1-1 one, one white human creature token. Oh. Then you can pay two and target human you control gains lifelink until end of turn. Mm -hmm. And also says at the beginning of your end step, if you have exactly 13 life, you may pay four black black. If you do transform Jaren. Oh, this sounds spicy. I hope this is broken. Uh, if you flip over and transform Jaren, Jaren becomes Ormondal the Corrupter. Our hey. old friend Ormondal is back, which is a 6-6 six, six legendary demon with flample and lifelink. That's flying and trample. And it says, sacrifice another creature, colon, draw a card. So it becomes a, which is a, a really powerful ability. Right. I, um, I just don't know that it's worth all the hoops you got to jump through. But if you've made a bunch of 1-1 one, one human creature tokens with Jaren, you might have a bunch of fodder lying around and go, okay, I'll sack these five creatures and draw five. Yeah, maybe unlimited. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people are suggesting this for Shadowborn Apostles, which I do think right. is probably better than like Zathur Necromancer or something. Um, oh, okay. Well, let's go through this. It's a, it's a mono black human tribal deck, maybe? Yeah, you're making a lot of humans. Notably, it says you make a 1-1 one, one white human creature, kind of like Westvale Abbey, but that doesn't actually make this a black and white card. It's still just a black card. Yeah. Um, but you make humans when humans die. Yes, exactly. So this definitely does have a humans thing to it. I, I see this in an aristocrats type thing because you're losing life. And surprise, surprise, an aristocrats commander in mono black. Aha, it's the aristocats. This, um, one, this one is arista humans. Arista humans. Yeah, yeah. they're um, not cats. Yeah, you can't resist Spoiler them. Spoiler alert. Uh, this is a cleric. <laughs> So Sister, I can't resist yet. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So maybe you could play this in Aura, Skyclave Hero Fan, which wants things to die, and then when they do, you return clerics. Cares about clerics, yeah. Yeah, and so maybe it works there. I honestly like the front side of this way more than the back side. Oh, for sure. The back side is a lot of hoops to jump through. You have to be at 13 life to flip it over, and then it, somebody can just remove it. It's not indestructible or they anything. They could blank it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a 40 life but format. Front, I don't know. The front side is also kind of boring to talk about. Not that it won't be powerful, just that it's all the usual suspects of like the altars, Blood yeah. Artist, Sulaport Cutthroat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meat Hook Massacre, yada 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 Ooh, um, I'm, I'm glad we can say meat hook massacre from now on though yeah. that's just a cool name <laughs> uh i do think like if you do want to build at all a little bit around the backside you need to be able to control your life total to yeah. get it to 13 so i like cards that let you pay your life to do stuff uh, and mono black is very good at this yep uh here's a jimmy card i can see you just drawing 27 and doing this yeah instant off the top i did what 25 that one time sure so Necropons. two more you could do it Necropons. yeah no yeah. big deal and then this way i get i now have to pay six mana my entire turn to flip you do it on your end a... step so that well when does this when does this trigger happen <laughs> it's in the end step you can't uh, even crap. swing with you it you can't even turn. swing with it that same turn i'm just oh, stick, that makes I'm it way worse get 13 life hope i get this six six flying trample lifelink very targetable thing <laughs> hope it survives in my next turn yeah after somebody just saw me draw 27 cards uh there's hatred which is an instant that lets you pay any amount of life to give a creature plus x plus o until end of turn for x is the the life you pay so you could just pay i don't know 27 life and kill someone and then have a ormondal <laughs> Well, it's pretty. Well, not well, hold on, hold on. Once Ormondal <laughs> flips over and hatred's still good, right? Because right, right. Then you swing oh, and you with, fl- okay. with lifelink, yeah. Okay, I could see that. Because otherwise, you have to pay five mana for hatred to get yourself to 13 and then six, <laughs> six mana man to flip oh, the yeah, whole. Yeah, 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 oh my gosh. Uh, Kirik, son of Yogmoth, lets you pay black mana as if it were Phyrexian mana. So life instead, that's a good way to kind of control your life total in an efficient way because you're still casting spells. Yeah, yeah. And it'll, and it'll work for the activation cost of the transform too, right? That's right. That's right. That's actually pretty good there. Uh, maybe that this goes in the Kirik deck then. Yeah. Um, unspeakable symbol. Yeah, Kirik's got a lot of tools. Kirik's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> it maybe doesn't need this card. Anyway. Uh, unspeakable symbol is a great Marchesa card, but you can pay three life to put plus and plus encounters on stuff. Wall of Blood is just an instant speed pay one life to give this Wall of Blood plus one, plus one until end of turn. Very strange card. It's just a lot of hoops to jump through for then somebody goes, okay, yeah, very clever, very cool. Pass that thing. Yeah. Or bounce that thing. Pogify or it. Do or whatever. A- anything like, yeah. to that thing. Um, so, yeah. If you're playing other colors, then there is a card that we've talked about called Moon Mist, which will just transform all your humans. So it'll immediately go over to the Ormondal side. So maybe if you're in a black green deck, you want, right? Because I can see Jaren being a three mana thing and you have some ways to transform it. Sure. Unfortunately, most of the decks that are going to play Moon Mist are uh, Gruel, not. Yeah not uh, Golgari. I guess we give a shout out to Tree of Redemption uh, who is which which is also a green card but it's a zero thirteen that you can tap to exchange your life total with Tree of Redemption's toughness. So you can just get yourself the 13 immediately. Yep. Worth it. Super worth it. Uh, yeah. I just don't think Ormondal is probably good enough to be jumping through all these hoops to go through. So probably if we see Jaren decks, they'll be more built around that idea that yeah. I can sack all my humans twice, basically. I sack them, and then they make a human, which I can sack again. Yeah. And then it sort of plays like a Tesa Karloff deck where you just double the death triggers because everything oh. everything dies, dies twice. So, you, you know, you get four man off altar off of a human or whatever. It's like Zathra Necromancer or something like that. Yeah. Point. I just think about Westvale Abbey and the, the other Ormondal, which I mean, is... that one has Indestructible, at least. And Haste, and you can swing with it on that turn. So that's But even cool. then, that Ormondal rarely does anything yeah sad okay uh, well good start so far i can't wait to talk about the red cards though i think the better cards are coming up uh but they're not the red ones because they're not sorry <laughs> i ran through your joke sorry <laughs> but i do think the better commanders are coming up uh and that's just a good tease as we go into our break here to hear from our sponsors <laughs> 
Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, welcome back to the monocolored commander review from Midnight Hunt. Now we are moving on to our good friend, uh, Lear, Disciple of the Drowned. This the mono one, blue one. This definitely got a little bit of attention uh, on the internet when it came out because it's quite good. Uh, three blue blue for a 3-4 legendary creature, Human Wizard. Spells can't be countered. And each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. So you can cast the card from your graveyard, in this case for its mana cost, and then you exile it. So it gives you a second use of a spell. Kind of harkens to cast Dissident Mage, although right. it doesn't have that clause where you can only do one spell this way. Yeah, this is actually every single spell in your graveyard. Uh, Incident Sorcery, sorry. 
yeah. has flashback. One thing to note here, it says spells can't be countered. That is a symmetrical effect. Mm. You also will not be able to counter your opponent's spells because spells cannot be countered, not your spells cannot be countered. Yep. Uh, which I actually like about this card. It makes it more interesting because generally when you see a mono blue commander in the command zone, you, the first thought is like, I'm going to have to fight through a lot of command uh, counter spells this game. Talrand, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So it's, it's kind of nice that at least that's probably not what this deck is doing. Uh, it's going to play a lot of the cards we see a lot and make them better. So, so the thing about flashback is that low cost, low mana cost, low mana value, uh, efficient spells become way, way better. So just mm. look at the card opt opt is one blue mana for an instant. You scry one and draw a card that by itself is eh, 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 yeah. right. Like it replaces itself. You get a little card selection. Yeah. Waste Imagine if so. that card said pay two blue mana, scry one, draw a card, sky run, draw a card. Ooh, I like that. Now that becomes amazing, right? That's better than Knight's Whisper. It's yeah. better than like almost any draw spell that you can think of because it's one card, two mana, draw two, scry one twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's basically what Lear, Lear, Lear turns this type of card into. And that's just Opt. Opt is not a broken card. There are broken versions of Opt like Gitaxian Probe, Brainstorm mm. that are way, way better and get way, way better when yeah, you basically double them up. Get Probe is just blue, blue, or two life, two life, draw two cards. Yeah, four life, draw two cards. Is that good? Yeah. yeah. It's better than like Greed. It's like Necropotence level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Brainstorm too, all of these cards, like I think the, the pain you always feel when you cast them is like, oh, one-time use. And it's like, okay, I got some value off of it. And typically these are in your deck to sort of help you smooth out your draw. But in the Lear's case, they actually turn the cards into like get ahead of other players. Uh, high tide gets so so good in this deck because you cast it for one blue mana all your other islands now tap for two and then you cast it again and now all your islands tap, tap for three. three so you can have hugely explosive turns with high tide in your hand yeah just removal spell like pongify right pongify the thing for one mana pongify another thing for two mana so if pongify was two blue mana destroy. instant destroy two target creatures they can't be regenerated each of their controls makes a three three that card's ridiculously broken <laughs> anything that's like that is usually like four mana yeah yeah to kill two things and often in sorcery not even an instant so uh, this just shows the power of flashback um, this this deck will definitely be very powerful. Yeah, and things in your graveyard, literally any instant sorcery oh, yeah. in there is good for you. So we all have a windfall uh, to tr everyone to just discard their hands and draw. In this case, equal to the max number of cards someone discarded this way. But oh, it's so good. Fuel your graveyard, you, get a ton of cards. Yeah, everything you discard, you can still cast, so you don't even care. So it's like yeah. you draw seven cards on top of whatever, or whatever, how many cards you had, on top of whatever. You, guaranteed you will have seven, because you're going to play Opt, Brainstorm, Gitaxian Probe. All those gain you card advantage for very little mana. Yeah. You might have nine cards go windfall put nine cards in my bid six of them are entrance to sorcery so that's six cards that i still have access to and i draw nine more yeah now those six cards are can... slightly worse because they have flashback but they're still going to be good enough right i would still play opt in a deck that needed opt yep. so and then you can windfall again because it has flashbacks oh, you can right. literally you can do it just twice. yeah holy moly uh, Talarian Winds is a, a sort of self version of this. Right. That's uh, two mana. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. The cards that say, like, do something, your opponents choose, then put the rest in the gra graveyard oh, type of yeah. spells. Give, this is the no-lose situation, right? So um, Intuition and Factor Fiction are kind of the best two Just versions of this. twice, yeah. Yeah, think of Factor Fiction. You uh, reveal the top five cards of your library, and then your opponent separates those cards into two piles, and you choose one. Well, if the cards in your graveyard have flashback, it doesn't matter that much, right? Yeah, you're not going to get that cool double amount of it. But at that point, I think this deck is already just barreling through with so much value that it's not like you're missing out that much anyway. 
Uh, the interesting thing about this commander, one of them is you can't counter spell stuff, right, if it's out. Right. So in blue, protect. that's generally the way you protect your commander, right? Mm -hmm. You hold up your counter spells, your fierce guardianships and whatever, but that won't work here. But blue is still good at protecting creatures even without counter spells. So you can blink your creature, you can blink Leer away so that it's still around. So Teferi's Time Twist, think of how good Teferi's Time Twist is. You hold it open. If they go to remove Leer or even board wipe because it comes back an end step, right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So hold four mana open, right? Yeah. So you go, oh, they're like, I'm going to get Leer. And you're like, okay, uh, Teferi's Time Twist, Weep. exile it, comes back an end step. And then the next player's like, don't worry, I'll do this. And you're like, yeah, but Teferi's Time Twist has flashback. So I'll just Whoop. cast it again yeah. and save Leer again. Pretty crazy. Lazotep playing is very similar. It gives your creature and your permanent you control Hexproof until the end of the turn. I think this card is massively underrated, by the way. Uh, and it gives you a zombie on top of all that thing. Okay, here's a really cool card. Ooh. I think would be great in this deck. I play in my Orvar deck. It's a I was going to say Orvar. Feel, I got some similar vibes here. Yeah, this is Veilstone Amulet. It's three mana for an artifact, so it's not an instance or sorcery. But it says whenever you cast a spell, creatures you control can't be the targets of spells or abilities your, your opponents control uh, until end of turn. Your creatures gain a hexproof until end of turn anytime you cast a spell. It's on cast. It doesn't need to resolve. So if they tr go to counter it, you can just cast another one on top. And they can't counter because Leer's out. Yep. So they go to remove your creature and you're just like, what do I have in my graveyard? Oh, I'll just cast my brainstorm then. Yeah. And give, it just says also give my creatures hexproof. Oof, boy. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Uh, Venture Shaper Savant is also a creature. It's not an instant or sorcery, but you can something you mean oh. you can cast it and then bounce a spell back to an opponent's hand. So that's in a way sort of like a soft counter spell to someone. Yeah, I think that's the uh, an important thing that um, I was sort of wanted to talk about here is that when it's a spell that says return target spell to opponent's hand is not saying counter that spell. Yep. So that is a way to still have counter spells in your deck. Because normally people cast a spell, they do not have the mana to cast it a second time. They didn't plan for it. Oh, Especially yeah. Especially yeah. when playing against Lier, <laughs> they're going to assume you can't counter it. So whatever they're going to play is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they'll make sort of cavalier plays, I'm sure, into open mana thinking they can't have a counter spell because their commander's out. So I'm in the clear here. I can do this. And then you go Venzer Shaper Savant, bounce that spell to your hand. There's also some instants or sorceries that do the same thing that can sit in your graveyard and have flashback. Yeah, that's so the scariest thing. Yeah, there's Divide by Zero and there's Unsubstantiate. And both of those return a spell or creature in one of the, the cases to the owner's hand. And that even works against like board wipes, right? They finally think, oh, okay, well, I'm going to yeah. Wrath. I'm going to get rid of Leer, and you're like, nope, bounce it back to your hand. Yeah, unless they have like eight mana, they're not going to Wrath again, too. Yeah. Uh, same goes for like Narset's Reversal. It's not a counter spell because it copies an instant sorcery, and then you return it to its owner's hand, and then you get to do what you want with that spell. Yep. Which I think is pretty interesting. Now, here's the thing. You still can cast a counter spell, just the counter spell part of it won't resolve. So a card Spells like, can't be countered, yeah. Right. So a card like Rewind, you, it's an instant, you counter a target spell, but then you untap up to four lands. Those things are separated. So you can choose, someone casts something, you go, okay, Rewind, targeting that thing. The counter spell won't work, but you get to untap four lands. And so if you're high tiding out, oh boy, this is a way to just get even more mana. You can even counter your own thing, but because because it can't get countered, and then you flashback out. counter it again to yeah. untap four lands twice. Yeah, if so they're all tapping for uh, three, three blue, yeah, <laughs> you're basically be... in a win, right? Yeah, there's like 24 mana right there. Speaking of winning, how do you win? First, uh, I you think can... I think that's the big question with decks like this, right? Yeah. You can come up with this scenario, and you're drawing a ton of cards, and the you're very efficient. Decks. You can protect your thing. And then it's like, okay, yeah, but how does it win? Because it can be very hard, you know. Don't forget to build the win part into your deck. <laughs> Everyone, any deck, all yeah. of them, just so you know. <laughs> As a person who often forgets to build the win part into the deck, I would it, I would implore you to not forget it. Yeah. Um, it, first off, you should play Catalyst Stone in this deck. Oh, it's a two-mana artifact that says flashbacks cost you pay are just two mana less. It's like training grounds. Uh, and it makes your opponent's flashback cost more, which probably isn't relevant. 
but I think in this deck, you're you're just trying to like. I think the easiest win is like high tide into frantic search, turnabout, or uh, rewind to untap your lands, and then you just brain freeze someone. You like storm count fifty, right. brain freeze four different, three different players, and maybe that kills them all. I don't know. Yeah, I think you could probably also string together some wins that are high tide based that are like um uh twin casting uh, uh yeah. blue sun zeniths or um what's the new one drown dream drowned or whatever from the commander products commander's insight is another one where you just make the opponent like draw out the rest of their deck yeah or you make yourself draw out the rest of your deck and you thassa's oracle laboratory maniac as boring as yeah, that is that's that's gotta be i think the easiest the that's a, yeah that's know. a mono blue staple win condition if you want to go in that direction you, you could, could- yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you grind people out, too, because we talked about tall runs. You yeah. make a bunch of birds and then just smack everyone a bunch of times. Yeah, you, tricks, could, you could go the token route because there are some good ones. There's Talrand. There's um, the Sharknado, Shark Typhoon one. Oh, that, this might be one of the best cards in the deck, then, because you're casting so many instances and sorceries. Yeah, and you're, you're just making so tokens many... every time. Right, right. Metallurgic Summonings will do it. Uh, oh, right. Blue has a bunch of, like, when you cast an instant sorcery, make a token. So yeah. maybe you put a few of those in as a win condition. So once you get going, because you're going to have a turn where you cast, you know, if you want to, 50 things. You could, uh, <laughs> you could, uh, what's the, uh, um, the one where you pay 50 life and you Death Star somebody? In- oh, Aetherflex Reservoir. Yes. That's do, right. That's, that's another, another one. Yeah. Yeah, for An- sure. Another sort of boring one along the lines of Thoracle and uh, Lab Man. And that we've seen it a lot, but still, that, that would be a good win condition in, these, in this deck. This definitely doesn't feel like a casual deck. It definitely feels like a try hard, like, I'm, I'm looking to win the game in a very specific way kind of deck. But, you know, viewers out there, if you think there's a more interesting way to win the game that's not as um, prohibitive, I guess, because <laughs> Lear literally says you can't counter stuff, let us know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would uh, categorize it as try hard so much as like certain playgroups. That's the level that they're playing at. But yeah. I don't think every playgroup is playing at that level. In general, if you look down and your deck has Git Probe, Brainstorm, and High Tide, you know you're playing a legacy style of of power level, which is usually fine with comboing and things like that. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely. I think combo is the way it goes. But it'd be cool to also win with like Shark Typhoon. That'd be pretty fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is called Sereth the Viper's Fang. Two green green for a human warlock. Three, four. It says other tapped creatures you control have death touch. Ooh. Other, not Sereth. And other untapped creatures you control have hexproof. What? So if it's tapped, it has death touch. Untapped has hexproof. And Sereth also has an activated ability. You can pay one and tap and untap another target creature or land you control. Wow, this seems kind of pushed. There's a lot a- going on here. Yeah. Um, I, so right off the bat, asceticism, right? It's a card that costs five mana. It gives stuff hexproof, basically. Yep. Sarah does that same thing. Um, however, depending if the thing is tapped or not and creatures only. But that's that's pretty good, just that part of it, right? Yeah. I mean, they're both powerful effects. Having Death Touch is good, and then having Hexproof is good, because you can pick and choose. Well, yeah, if I don't want this thing to die, for sure, just don't risk it. Just don't tap it ever, and Mm -hmm. that's kind of usually your choice, right? And even if you're attacking with something that has Death Touch, very low chance your opponents will block unless they've got tokens or things that they don't care throwing away. Right. So this is, you know, one way to build this is fight.deck. Um, because the creatures have hexproof when they're tapped, if you can get them tapped, either through attacking, they yeah. probably won't be blocked, um, depending on what you got going on. And then once they're tapped, you can use all the fight cards because fight says, you know, creatures deal damage, so the death touch will matter. So prey upon, ancient animus, pounce, savage punch. These are one-sided fights, a lot of them. Yeah, so spoils you- of the hunt. There are two, I think, that got printed in uh, AFR, which basically says, instead of these creatures fight each other, so they deal their, com- their damage, or this creature just deals its damage to another creature. 
there's a million fight cards, but you know, there's also fight decks, Kogla and Nayeth of the Dire Hunt are both sort of fight decks as well. Yeah, I've been looking to try and build a Nayeth deck for a while, so I think they're, they're finally we're getting enough pieces because we've seen like the Death Touch thing with Hooded Blight Fang and stuff get more and more popular over time. Uh, also, lure.deck could be a way to go because if something's got death touch, if you can force a lot of creatures to block it, ah. it can often kill like a lot of their creatures. So imagine a 3-3 three, three that attacks. If they have to block it with at least three creatures, you're going to, yeah, sure, your thing might die, but you're going to kill three creatures with that one creature. Yeah. So the classic one is lure, which is one green green for an enchant creature, and it says all creatures able to block enchanted creature do so. So they don't have a choice. If their creatures are untapped and you attack, they have to block with everything they got. And then you're just like, well, the thing has death touch. So if it's got through, you know. Assign one point to each and, and that's it. Boom. Um, uh, there's a bunch of sort of lure variants. Roar of Challenge, which is from the old cons of Tarkir scent. Alluring scent as well. Um, now, keep in mind, though, like if it says this creature must be blocked, it's different than all creatures that are able to block this creature must do so. Because you can say this creature must be blocked. They're like, fine, throw my one one in front of it. And you're like, oh, well, that didn't accomplish what I was hoping for it to do. Right. They did block it. They must block it. But it doesn't say what they have to block it with. So you want all creatures must block this creature. So maybe instead you want trample.deck. Uh, because Trample is great with Death Touch because... Wait, when... it's Death Touch dot deck. Okay, it's Death Touch. You're ruining my copy. Oh, sorry, sorry. Death Touch dot deck. D-D-D. <laughs> Trample's great because, again, when you attack and you have Death Touch and Trample, you only need to assign lethal damage before the rest of it can go to the person's face. So you attack with a 5-5, five, five, they block with a 1-1, one, one. they think they're chump blocking. No, they're taking... or No, no. you attack with a 5-5, five, five, they block with a 5-5. Five, five. You deal one point of Death Touch damage to the 5-5, five, five, and then four of it rides over to the opponent's face. Yep, you only have to assign lethal damage, and then the rest tramples through. Yeah. Um, Chariot of Victory is really, really good because it's a three-mana art- equipment oh, yeah. with one to equip, but it says equip creature has first strike, trample, and haste. So now you you play a creature, you attach this, and first strike's really good with death touch mm-hmm. because the creature won't even crack back onto you because it will die to the first strike damage because of the death touch. And then yeah. you'll still trample through for the rest of it. That seems really, really good. One mana equip cost is pretty good there too. Uh, and then an old favorite of mine, Viridian Longbow. Oh, yeah. It, it's an equipment that the equipped creature can now tap to deal one damage to anything. This is really interesting because it actually gets the creature tapped. Oh. And so by the time the damage happens, it is tapped and it will have the death touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. now, you know, it basically that reads tap creature, kill, kill creature. But also you can then pay the equip cost, move it to a different creature, tap it. Right. And so a lot of times you can use Viridian Longbow to kill two or three creatures. Make everything turn. a royal assassin, right? Yeah. Thornbite Thorn staff. staff untaps the creature when the creature dies, or untaps the equipped creature when the creature dies, also yeah. gives the tap ability, costs some mana. Now it's infect.deck. Good copy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, if you want to be mean like Craig, you can, of course, play infect, and they've started to tie infect and death touch together a little bit with... Love it. Finn the Fangbearer, <laughs> which basically means when a... Uh, Creature you control with death touch deals combat damage to a player. That player gets two poison counters. Gotcha. So it's not like it's one-to-one. You just deals one instance of damage and it gets two poison counters. But that will add up and kill people really quickly, especially in the deck like Sarath. Uh, Viridian Corruptor is a creature with Infect as well. Ugh. Creatures with Infect are really good with Sarath and Finn because they would now deal their Infect damage, put the counters on, and then get the two counters from Finn, right? Right, right, Yeah, right. so... That's pretty uh, nutty. Yeah, uh, Listener Elfie, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Craig um, wants us to mention every creature that has Infect, you know. 
Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Uh, there's also the ability, like we saw here, to untap a creature or a land. That's actually kind of interesting. I, I didn't think that it would have included lands on here. It, just, it doesn't feel like it needs to because it's all yeah. about this sort of creature stuff. But all the bounce lands, so those tap for two mana after they bounce a land back to your hand. Uh, you could also play a bounce land, and with the mana you float with Sarath, untap that bounce land and use it that turn too. That's a cool little combo. Yeah. One of the great things about cards that untap lands is creating a land in some way that taps for a lot of mana. Yeah. So if you make one land that taps for like six mana, Sarath basically gives you five mana when it untaps the land, right? Because it costs one to right. do it. So like Lotus Field, Lotus Veil is the expensive version of that. Yep. Like you said, Bounce Lands. If you can get like a Market Festival or an Overgrowth onto one of oh, those, yeah, now yeah, all yeah. of a sudden you can easily create a land that's happened for four or five, and Sarath becomes like a really powerful mana dork in that case. Uh, and I, I love doing that and making sure, you know, that's a way that like my decks maybe like here's a deck and it wouldn't necessarily just play all the rampant ghosts and cultivates and everything like every other green deck would and right. it also wouldn't necessarily play like signets and arcane sign it probably will play some of this stuff but not the same amount not so at much, least yeah i have the same amount of ramp as i usually would have in a deck but it feels a little bit different because some of the pieces are the market festivals and stuff like that right, so which right. i don't know why but that always makes me feel good i like market festival a lot it's cool just having like powered up lands because no one's gonna really touch it Generally. Typically, generally, yeah. yeah. Unless they're playing you, maybe they'll know then. I mean, uh, obviously, Guy's Cradle is really good with Sarah too, but people will touch that. They will blow that <laughs> yeah, up. They'll yeah, they'll immediately go after that. <laughs> now, in the 99, Sarah, there's a lot of options here. Archelos Lagoon Mystic is mm. that uh, Saltai commander that cares about things being tapped or untapped, and Sarah can untap Archelos as well. It's a shame that Sarah isn't able to tap something if it's tap or untap. Maybe that is way too powerful at that point. But again, you can also do like the old Goblin Sharpshooter Death Touch combo with Sarah and, you know, just kill every creature on the board. I Classic. Cut off the other night with a basilisk collar and oh, it felt yeah. good. Classic. I lost the game, but it felt good. Oh. All right. But uh, did you really in here? I felt like I won. I yeah, did. I did. Okay. <laughs> I did. Okay. Uh, we got two more commanders to go, and these are the ones from the uh, commander precons from Midnight Hunt. The first one is from the. Um, Demir Zombies Undead Unleashed deck that we did the reveal video, video for earlier this week. It is Gorex the Tomb Shell. It's a big one. Okay, so it's six yep. black black for a 4-4 four, four legendary creature, Zombie Turtle. A lot, a lot of turtles these days. Including Arculus, we just talked about. Okay. Yep. Uh, as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may exile any number of creature cards from your graveyard. This spell costs two mana less to cast for each card exiled this way. Double Delve. It has Death Touch. Oh, Double Delve. I like that. And whenever Gorex the Tomb Shell attacks or dies, choose a card at random, exile with Gorex, and put that card into its owner's hand. So if you exile three creatures from your graveyard, then this is only going to cost black, black. If this is your commander, that means that every time you want to avoid commander attacks, you just exile an additional creature card. Yeah, I think commander attacks is going to be nothing for Gorex. Yep. Also, I, it's interesting because the cards you exile, you're going to get one to two of them back into your hand mm -hmm. because you know, Gorks is going to enter. You're definitely getting one back. And then it's when going it dies, to... Yeah. yeah, if you have sack outlets or something to make sure that it'll die and not something bad happen, like get bounced or exiled. Pathed. Yeah. Then you're going to get two of the cards back, which means that it also becomes like a little bit of a tutor depending on how deep your graveyard is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Only for creatures. creatures yeah, but right, right. Yeah. So this is a self-mill value. You know, you want a high dense of density of creatures. The self-mill, I think you probably want that to be on creatures because then mm -hmm. you can reuse them. So think of like Stitcher Supplier. Love by card. the way, Stitcher Supplier, 
we have mentioned it on the show so many times. Would you have thought like some random uncommon one drop from M19 <laughs> would be a card that's just so good in so many decks? But it is. It's one mana for a 1-1 one, one zombie. When it enters the battlefield or dies, you put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Yeah. It's just so efficient. When I was building my Hogak deck, and I'll mention Hogak later in this card review, I, I looked at Citrus Supplier and went, you know what? I don't think there's any cards that are as efficient to be honest, just it on just like right one mana mill three, you actually can't find a rate that yep. good on many cards in Magic. So milling for for, for a second, I was like, it's got to be so easy to do in these colors. But Surge Supply just always keeps coming through, and it sees it's like you would play ten different versions of this if you if that existed. Oh yeah, I think so. Like Dude, if just it was like Life like Marauder and stuff, where there's fifty of those. Yeah, we talked about Nyx Weaver. It does one card a turn. Yeah. And it's like that's nice, but but if you're able to reanimate Surge Supplier or just use it over and over again, or in this case, you could even delve it out. Yeah, that's what I'm Gorex. thinking. Like you do it, you mill three, then if you could sack it get in your then you when you play gorex you exile it and then you get that back into your hand and that's just an engine right there because it's going to mill enough cards to make gorex always cheaper yeah yeah, so then you can even sack gorex to let it die to get the stitcher supplier back out like pretty crazy there's other cards that do mill you like gorging vulture um right but that's three mana for four cards in your library milliken i like a lot because it's a two mana mana dork so you tap it's a two mana oh one you tap it it adds colorless mana to your mana pool and you mill a card. Yeah, it's so, pretty good. Yeah, just better than probably a mana um, rock in your deck for a deck like this. Any card that has dredge on it is also super efficient. So Golgari Thug and Stinkweed Imp. Uh, every time you dredge it, you're drawing that card back into your hand. You also just want those creatures in your graveyard anyway, so you can keep them there if you want to exile them with Gorex, but pretty efficient otherwise. You probably still are playing some of the really good um, self-mill stuff that's not creatures, so like Mesmeric Orb seems yeah. really good. That's the two-mana artifact that whenever a permanent becomes untapped that permanence controller mills a card so that mills everybody yeah that mills everybody but still really really good yeah and then you're gonna play in tomb bury the live uh basically things that just throw the right creatures into your graveyard because again gorex can sort of be that semi-tutor with it it's a little less inefficient because you got to exile it get gorex out and then attack or have it die but so pretty good and get that stuff back so you don't have to be as scared to sort of right mill it away yeah yeah i think this deck's probably like wants to play a lot of creatures that either have removal on them or wrath the board. Yeah. Because what you want to do is just like play creatures, kill everything, play creature, kill everything, play creature, kill everything, Gorex. Bring them get back. those creatures back and now what you know any creature deck cannot beat this deck right like if you're relying on creatures there it's just gonna be very hard to keep up with it yeah because then gorex attacks and then you get your card back that kills the thing or dies yeah you know, gorex says or dies like come on uh so massacre girl deathbringer regent reaver demon these are all like board wipes on creatures yep uh, then, of course, Fleshbag Marauder, Merciless Executioner, Plague Crafter. I like Shriek Maw. This has to be the perfect card yeah. in this deck. It has a Vogue in it, so you cast it for its evoke cost for one in the black. It kills something, and then it goes straight to your graveyard. Seems and then perfect. you just use that to make Gorex cheaper and get it back to your hand if you so desire. Yep, and lots of cards will be leaving your graveyard. So an old classic that we keep mentioning is Sir Conrad the Grim. Uh, I am then, Sir Conrad. Uh, <laughs> and that goes well the Grim. with Desecrated Tomb and Tormod the Desecrator and all that stuff. Yeah, they started playing around with that. Leaves the graveyard, uh, triggers yeah. something, and those will mostly be good in this deck, I think. Yeah, so I was thinking in the 99, this does seem like it would work in the Hogak deck yep. uh, just because Hogak's already trying to do the exact same thing. Um, and then I I really like the new Extus Auric Overlord. This is from Strixhaven. 
Uh, this has the ability that whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, you return target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard to your hand. But on the back side, it actually has a very similar thing. It says, as an additional cost to cast Awaken the Blood Avatar, you can sacrifice any number of creatures, and then the spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed this way. So I think there's some cool things you can do where you have a bunch of creatures, you sack them to cast things with like Dargo or... Uh, you know, like, uh, what's it, what's the name, the one we just talked about? Torment the Desecrator. Mm. And then you use Gorex or cards like that to get them back, in a way. So there's kind of like this, like, recycling thing you're doing. So I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to do with a deck like this. You can play Cascade or Ravos Soul Tender with the partners, all that stuff. Uh, I had a little note. You're going to want to make sure that you have a sack outlet on hand so that Gorex doesn't get bounced ah. or exiled at an inopportune moment and leave the card that you were planning to get back to your hand stranded in exile forever now. Right. Because right. if it, you exile it and then you don't get the trigger from Gorex, like they exile Gorex and then you replay Gorex, that's a different Gorex. It doesn't see that cards exiled by Gorex last time. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't put like void counters on it or something that it looks at later. So right. just be careful about that is all I'm saying. Okay. All right, we've got one more monocolored commander to go. It is the one from the Celestia Coven Counters pre-con deck. Uh, it is Kerbis. 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 Hubris. Harvest Celebrant. <laughs> it's an X green green zero zero legendary creature. Tree folk. Kerbis enters the battlefield with a number of plus one plus one counters on it, equal to the amount of mana spent to cast it. Remove a plus one plus one counter from Kerbis. Prevent all damage that will be dealt this turn to another target creature with a plus one plus one counter on it. So this is a weird card, right? It's definitely weird. It's like using plus one <laughs> plus one counters as like a defensive fog on one creature. And it has to also have a plus one plus one counter on it. And you have to have counters to remove from Kerbis to do so. Yeah, so honestly, I don't think this probably really changes what the deck wants to do as far as like it mono green plus one plus one counters. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a deck we know a lot about. The first step's going to be add counters to creatures. Woohoo! So retreat to Kazandu basically has landfall, mm -hmm. put a one counter. Renata, all the creatures enter with counters. Rishkar, put counters on creatures. And then you do the counter synergy thing. Again, we know about all this stuff. Hardened Scales, Evolution Sage. Inspiring, Inspiring Call, Armorcraft Armor Judge. Yeah, all cards. the normal Woo! plus one, mono green plus one, plus one counter stuff. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can think of that might be a little different is the way the fog effect is worded. It says, read it for me one more time. Remove a plus one, plus one counter from Kerbis. Prevent all damage that will be dealt this turn to another target creature with a plus one, plus one counter on it. So the creature you've chosen, the it doesn't say combat damage. It's any damage. So now fight right. effects become good again because your creature can't die. You don't need the two-way fights, the punches. Oh, okay, sure. Right, yeah, and then you also could like punch and then swing uh -huh. in the same turn. And, you know, it might be hard to block because it'll, it would normally trade, but now yeah, it won't. Yeah. But it's such a like... You know, how often are you in combat where creatures would normally trade, but now they won't? Yeah. I guess it helps on defense. I don't really love this card. It does. <laughs> no. It seems like it might be good in another plus one plus one counter deck that has a lot of things, and it just kind of like comes out and has, you know, you, like a weird it, effect on combat. Yeah, and it's cool because it's X green green, so that maybe later in the game when you need to make a bunch of plus one plus one counters, you can just pump a lot more mana into it, and then you can maybe find a way to move this stuff around, also with it, whatever else. But by itself, it doesn't seem that exciting. Zaxara, Zaxara. I think Jordan played it on an episode of Extra Turn. He did, indeed, he did, he did. Yeah, so maybe it's good in Zexara. That was all by way to say that maybe it's good in the X yep. Commander deck. And maybe it's not, because if because we're Because one both. of us will be right and one of us will be right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that does it for the monocolored commanders. So we have to ask the questions we always do. What do you think is the most powerful new monocolored commander? 
That one's pretty. This one's easy. Right? This one's easy. Yeah, it has to be Lear, yeah. disciple of the drowns. It's the mono blue one. Who would have thought? Yeah, the one that puts an extremely restrictive effect across the board that also guarantees its own win conditions. Okay. Well, that's not a very interesting question, Jimmy. Let's ask the more interesting one. Okay. What is your personal favorite new monocolored commander from Midnight Hunt? So I'm a big fan of Sereth, the Viper's Fang. Cool. I just like fight dot decks. I've been trying to build a Nyeth deck for a while. So Sereth by itself, I think is cool. Is I think it works really well on a bunch of other decks as well. And just the, fa- the fact that you can untap creatures and lands with it. It's also just added gravy on top. Mm-hmm. The four drop slot is pretty crowded, though, I will say. That's that's the one that I think is my new danger zone of like, don't put too many cards in there, Jimmy, because you're not going to be able to cast them when you draw five of them. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Gorix. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I like Gorix, too. I, yeah, so churning through your graveyard, but then reusing the cards seems like it'll be kind of fun. Yeah, just to so, sort of get that train going. Yeah, so I'm going to say Gorex. Okay, cool. Uh, I was going to say the mono red one, but didn't exist. Uh-oh. Next set. Next Crimson set. Bound. Next set. Yeah. Bound to have four or five of them. All right, to the listeners, what new commanders of the ones that we talked about today are you excited to build or put into the 99 of a deck? Do you have any super sweet tech that you want to share with the community? As always, the YouTube comment section is a great place to do so, as is Twitter, Instagram, all of those places. We love seeing the conversations because there's always something that comes up and we're all just like, oh, Yeah, didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah, if you got any cool combos, put them down there. Please do. Uh, Big thanks to our brand new sponsor, Channel Fireball. They are launching a new marketplace on their site it's going to start on october 1st that is meaning that they've got a bunch of different sellers um hundreds of sellers all competing Mm -hmm. to give you the best price and the best service and again we said this in in the open but this is one of my favorite things about their marketplace maybe over other marketplaces is that channel fireball is actually vetting the vendors they're not just allowing anybody to sell cards on their site you have to have a real business license you have to be a real business which means that you're going to get a professional level of service we've all had that bad experience where we Mm -hmm. ordered cards from you know it was probably just a regular person like in their basement and they just they just (laughs) ship the card in like a really weird way the tape is like on the card or like it falls out of the sleeve in some way. Not in a bubble way. wrap mailer. Yeah, uh, because they, they don't, they're not uh, practiced at sending out thousands and thousands of cards. They're sending out three or four cards, maybe a dozen mm-hmm. cards. And so they're like making it up as they go along and they don't understand in the mail, things get jostled and the card, anyway, long story short, it reaches you and it's damaged or something like that. Yeah. And now you have to go through all the hassle of figuring it out. And because they're just a person in the basement or whatever, they don't have a dispute resolution like uh, process in place. So yeah, what be- if they just took their store offline and you never heard from them again? Yeah, so. So Channel Firewall Marketplace will help you get around all of that, give you good prices, but also you're dealing with professionals, which I really, really like. So, and again, they're giving away a ton of stuff for the first month. So if you can wait to order your magic cards for just a little while, I think it would be a smart idea to get the added additional chance to win a foil promo soul ring signed by Jimmy and I. Yeah, and tons of other stuff too. So you can always check out their website. To Screw see the bra- Black Lotus. I want the Jimmy and Josh signed foil promo soul ring no you want the black i can't even see that with straight face one of us is wrong (laughs) and of course big thanks to ultra pro as always for supporting the podcast and our shows you know we love ultra pro they've got all of the licenses to do the official art from magic this is an awesome valky playmat i have in front of me uh it's just great because they'll do the secret layer arts as well and some of those arts are absolutely incredible they're the only place you can do it they've been making this stuff for the longest so they know how to make it the best and 
especially for all us Magic players out there. So make sure you check that stuff out. Yeah, thanks, Ultra Pro. All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of Magic. I see what you've written down, Jimmy. Yeah. Cool. So last Friday, Josh had a great idea. We took everyone out to go see Shang-Chi, which is the brand new Marvel movie, the very first ever Asian-led superhero Marvel movie. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, I, we, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. The martial arts, the choreography reminded me of like early Jackie Chan movies and stuff too. A lot of the, actually the Jackie Chan stunt team worked on the movie, which is why. But I enjoyed it quite a bit. What would you think? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, the whole team got to go. It was a fun afternoon. Um, yeah, Marvel just knows how to do it. And uh, yeah, no the effects looked great. You know, one of the things I really loved about Shang-Chi is the fighting. The choreography was great, first of all, but it looks real. Like, yeah, I, I love Black Panther and that movie's great. But I got to be honest, like near the end of that movie, it feels like Gumby... <laughs> jelly people fighting because they just don't quite move right and that movie's a few years old and i think they've gotten better at the cg and stuff and maybe they did a little more practical i don't really know they're also like riding Shang-Chi. around on crazy things yeah and there's like armor that flying through flying the air stuff. Stuff. yeah but yeah so much, in Shang-Chi, they get they get to do some of that stuff but the people look like real people moving in a real space like it, it like yeah. i was kind of blown away by the fact that i wasn't pulled out of the movie by the fact that at certain points the human you could really tell when they were computers and when they weren't basically right it all right. looks pretty weird real there's this crazy shot where they're fighting on the scaffolding of like a sky high building oh yeah yeah and the camera's just moving all around and i was just like trying to think of how you even start to sequence that. that thing like totally. how do you even think it up yeah so yeah i, I like, know i, I know like for it. a fact that they trained very hard and i know a couple of the stunt coordinators and they're very dedicated to what they're doing and you know a lot of modern action is just like I throw a punch and you just cut and then the, the person does something and it cuts and it's just discombobulating right. and classic martial arts films and the reason that you love hand-to-hand combat is because you watch them doing it for like three to five to seven seconds of just pure yeah, long shots. fast movement and they're really in it and they're really hitting each other and all that stuff so it feels great uh, on that ro- in that world so if you haven't seen it yet if you can find a safe way to do so highly encourage y'all a movie did amazing too broke all the yeah. everyday oh my gosh. W- records and everything like Smashed that them. so yeah pretty awesome Shang-Chi them right through the face Shang-Chi alright Big thanks to everybody who was at the movie that day. Our <laughs> amazing team here at the Command Zone, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Dan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, Garav Galati, and our new guy, Truck Ty. Yeah, Truck, you rock. Welcome on board, Truck. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the Living Cards animations that start our show on our podcast on the YouTube, uh, and sometimes live behind us here on set as well. You can find him at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. Yeah, this one was actually done by Sam. Ah, very nice. But Jeffrey does awesome stuff as well. Okay, everybody, we have um, more Midnight Hunt stuff coming up. We're going to do budget upgrade guides for both of the Commander Precondex. And then, of course, we're going to do an episode talking about the cards in the 99 Ooh, uh, from Midnight Hunt. But not as many set reviews as we've done in the past. We're trying to pare it down. Trying to pare it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to, listen, there's a new thing in Magic. They're releasing more product. We're trying to figure out how we're going to respond to that. Hopefully, we can get it to a reasonable level here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for watching. As always, we appreciate the support. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.